Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Okay, all right, okay. Thank you. Woo, Jesus, we love you. Wasn't Rebecca on fire? She was literally... Smoke was like trailing her. The floor, you just see trails of fire. All right, if you got a Bible, we're going to go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 30. Make sure I don't step on that. How's everybody doing? It's a good Sunday. Last week we, uh, you get me two weeks in a row. Last week we had a talk about basically living in the supernatural and walking by the Spirit. And um, this week I kind of want to bring up something that no one ever talks about because we're not... um, old school Jewish, so we don't usually talk about old school Jewish things all the time in terms of their practices. But I want to talk about some things because some things symbolize you as a Christian. And so today we're going to talk about the altar of incense. Have you guys ever heard of the altar of incense? Is that weird? That's awesome. Is this tall golden... Actually, we have a picture of it. Can you give me a picture of it? Okay. This... That was one I found online. Probably there's cooler ones, but, you know, whatever. It's, um, it's this tall thing that was only a couple, actually really only a little over a couple feet tall, but it was a square and then rectangular in terms of height. On top of it, they would put a bowl on top and then they'd burn incense and they would put this in the holy place. So in, in the Jewish culture, they had a, they had a temple, which was a physical representation of a spiritual reality, right? And so in the holy place, there was a few things. We had a, we had a table in there that had bread. It's called the showbread. There was, there was a candlestick called a menorah that was made of gold, massive, uh, with seven candles on it. And then there was this bad boy standing in there. Um, and then there was a curtain that was... 30 feet tall, pretty thick. And then behind that, there was the Ark of the Covenant, which in that had the Ten Commandments. It had Aaron's staff, which, by the way, was budding. How weird is that? And then it also had some manna from when they were walking in the wilderness. They put the manna in there as well. On top of the Ark, there was a thing called the the Mercy Seat. Over the Mercy Seat were angels. In the Holy of Holies, there were these two giant angels cherubim angels that their wings went across the whole room and then it would be above these wings that the lord would appear in the cloud okay not fun um jesus and then once a year they would uh go and they'd make sacrifice once a year the high priest would go into the holy of holies he'd have bells on just in case he stopped jingling they'd pull him out he was tied to a rope you know, coming out. So if he stopped jingling, they'd pull him out because he was dead because he didn't wash good enough. So he would walk in there and then he would, um, 
he would make sacrifice, and, or he already made sacrifice, but he put blood on certain things. And one of the things he would actually do is he would take the incense and then he would go in there. He would throw coals on the incense and it would make a cloud of incense that would go up, um, which would be tied to the cloud of God's presence as well. Yeah? And, and he would do this. Now, we know Jesus is our high priest. He went, <laughs> we don't do sacrifices over and over again. He did it once for all, for all people, for all time. At the end of time, Christ came and made a propitiation for our sins. That's a, that's a payment and a purchase, a ransom. He purchased us, right? So once for all, he comes and he does that. And what happened was, the Bible says, <clears throat> at nine in the morning, they crucified Jesus. And at noon, at, at noontime, it went dark over the whole land. Everywhere. Dark. The sun went black for three hours while Jesus is hanging on the cross. It shook him so much that some of the Romans' guards were like, OMG. Jesus died, and they literally said, this is the Son of God. Yeah? At 3 o'clock, um, Jesus dies. This um, altar of incense would be out in the, in the holy place, but when Jesus died, the Bible says that there was an earthquake, and the, that veil between the holy place and the most holy place was torn from top to bottom. So there was an earthquake. It was dark for three hours, and then it shook. Veil tears from top to bottom in the temple, which there's no more separation between the saints and the presence anymore. Yeah? <laughs> now the cloud of his presence is tied to the cloud of our prayers and our intercession. Okay, yeah, I'm happy. Okay, now the priests, the priests uh, had different roles. You guys ever heard of a guy named Zacharias? He was um, um, John the Baptist's dad. He was a priest. He, one of his lots fell to him one time, and he had to go and do the altar of incense. It was his job to go in there and do it. And then, and then usually I think they have about three priests doing different things, but he had the special part where he's, he does this, they do this every day, really, they, they light it every day, but he, he, his lot came on him where he had to be doing it, and then that's when the angel spoke to him and told him that he's going to have a son, and he didn't believe it, and then God made him go mute, and he couldn't talk. You guys remember that story? Anyways, this was his job at that moment. When you read it in, in the Gospels, this is what he was doing. So they would do this every morning. Well, let's read it. This is Exodus 30. I don't know, last time you guys read Exodus 30. I was thinking about going in Leviticus today. That's actually not a joke. But I was like, I'll spare you. Actually, you know, Leviticus is actually really fire. You guys should read it. I was, I was geeking out on Leviticus the other day, and I was just like, dude, this is so jam-packed with revelation of Jesus. It's pretty crazy. You guys know everything in the Old Testament is a shadow of Jesus? Everything in the Old Testament is a shadow of Christ. When God does a prophetic thing, let's say he does a saving thing or like a kind thing, something to deliver his people, something to provide for his people, this is all a shadow, a foretaste um, of the man, Jesus, who would come and fulfill it all. Even all these little rituals they would do in the temple, these things all had meaning. They weren't just boring story. They had meaning. 
and they all symbolize him. And when you see the symbol in it, when you see how they represent Jesus and the revelation in Jesus, that's when you get really excited. Okay? Because it's not just some textbook. It's something telling us about the story of God and how he really, really likes us as people. And he cares for us. Okay, here we go. Altar of incense. You shall make, Exodus 30, you shall make an altar upon which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. It shall be built a cubit long and a cubit wide. That's a square. It shall be square and it shall have be two cubits high. It's horns of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and its sides all around, and its horns, and you shall make a gold molding all around it. You shall make two gold rings under its molding. Make them on the two sides of the walls on opposite sides, and they shall be holders for the poles which to carry it. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put altar of incense in front of the veil that screens the ark of the testimony before the mercy seat where I will meet you. Okay, let's, let's stop there. Okay, a few things. Let's just, let's just talk about these things. First of all, it says, let's make it out of acacia wood. I don't know if you know what acacia wood is. Can you put that picture of the tree up? <laughs> you guys are ready to go. We're getting in the Bible today. You know, we're gonna, I just, this, I just like to do this. Whatever. All right. This is, this is, uh, well, they call it now an acacia tree, but actually in, um, in Hebrew, it's th- that, that would be called a shitta. I know you thought I just cussed at you, but that was in some people's faces. It, it's, a, it's called a shitta tree. S-H-I-T-T-A-H. And if you have multiple, it's not shittas, it's shittim. I-M is the S in Hebrew. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, the th- <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the thing about the shatim trees, uh, <laughs> they actually would grow in they would grow in desert places because the people of Israel were out in desert places at this moment, and they call it the incorruptible tree. It was actually really difficult for bugs to destroy this tree. Um, they they'd use it for buildings and whatnot, but there was like. To them, it was indestructible. In the Septuagint Bible, literally calls it the indestructible tree um, instead of acacia in some of our English translations. It's pretty awesome. Um, and then, you can take that off, thanks. And then, they would do is they made this thing, but then they overlaid it with gold, okay? And then they put a crown on the top of it. That's what it said, a molding. That's a crown, like, like as if you'd have a crown on your head around the top of it. Put, back, put it back up there real quick. Okay? That top part, that's a crown. It's, that top part's a crown on it. And then there's four horns. Horns, if you don't know, the, uh, if you don't know about horns in the Bible, I was going to say if you don't know the Bible, but that, is, <laughs> that was too strong. I didn't mean that. If you don't know about horns, horns um, represent authority, power, dominion, strength. Um, they can be seen, they're seen by the Jewish people here to uh, represent holiness, purity, mercy, and hope. Um, they also can represent our, the offices, the offices, so the, the prophets, the kings, the priests, and then the, son, the sons, the children of God. The, 
The prophets had horns. Samuel took a horn. You know, they'd have oil. They have horns. The, the, the priests had horns. Yeah. And the kings had horns. They'd blow their horns and they go to battle. And then the son of God is actually called the horn of your salvation. But I, I don't know if you know this. This. Oh, oh, oh. And then there's the pole. The poles. It doesn't walk on its own. It's actually carried. That's really important to think about. All right, let's talk about this. Did you know that this symbolizes you? This symbolizes the church. This symbolizes the people of God. So some of us go into the holy place and we're like coming as wood. Like that's how you see yourself still. I'm just the wood. Dude, you're, you're gold. Some of you might see yourself as the pauper, but you got a crown on your head. Some, some of you might not know the anointing and power that you have, but you're in Christ. You're a priest, a prophet, a king, and a child of God. Do you know that your prayers should come from that place, first and foremost? You don't, you don't, it's not your old life. No, why the wood? Well, the wood would be dead. It's taken off the tree. Does that make sense? It represents the death of Christ, but also your old man. The old man that had to live in the desert. God made you for incorruptibility. He made you to withstand, but it wasn't good enough. But God doesn't want you coming as your old man. He wants you covered in the glory. You need to see that you're covered in the glory. Also, this thing's carried. You don't go into the holy place by your own strength. You get carried there by the Spirit of God. Okay. <laughs> this thing is most, the Bible says it's most holy to the Lord. It's extremely holy. You're so holy. You're so holy. It's, how do you see yourself? This is part one of the message is how you see yourself. But your prayers, you know, the Bible says don't offer strange incense on it. There's actually no other way to do it. There's one specific type of incense that they were supposed to burn on it. And they weren't supposed to burn anything else. In fact, there are stories in the Bible where some guys offer different incense, the sons of Aaron, and um, they end up dying. Okay. There was no, oh, we're not going to go there today, but it's a good old Sunday story, Bible story, um, Sunday school story maybe. Um, but there's only one type of incense that we, that we give, and it's through Jesus. There's only one way, okay? And we need to understand what we're offering our prayers upon. How do you, how, literally, how you see yourself is tied to your faith in Jesus, because your faith in Jesus dictates what he's done to you. Some people, some people will be like, don't talk about identity or you so much. Talk about Jesus. Listen, if you talk about Jesus, you're going to talk about you. For God so loved the world, he died for you. He showed his love for you. That while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. It's not the goal isn't so you be self-absorbed. The goal is so you understand how much he loves you. The goal is so you understand how he sees you. Why? So it changes you. So that you can live out the reality. If you, if you know he loves you, the Bible says you'll love others. Amen. You love because he first loved you. Yes? And now we also got to know how, how does he see me? Who, who actually are we as people? Do you know that you're, you are in Christ? 
He says, just as he is, this is the theme of last week, just as he is, so are you in this world. Do you realize the horns? It's so funny. In our culture, we don't talk about horns ever. But the, the, the horns would be for the animal to literally attack. You guys know how powerful you are? Yeah, you do. You're so powerful. You have a prophetic anointing. You have a priestly anointing. You have a kingly anointing. You're children of God. You're covered in his glory. You're not coming in your shit of wood. You're coming in the glory. And I don't cuss. I don't. In fact, that's just not what I do. And I did it right there. And I'm not meaning to. I'm just saying. It just happens to be a word play. But you're not coming in that wood. You're coming in the glory. Are we following? Here's the next thing. What do you put on it? How does God decide to teach us about prayer in the beginning? (laughs) How does he teach us about prayer? You want to know what he does? He says, burn some incense. I, I, I just was sitting with God and I was like, why? Why? Why incense? Why smell? Why a cloud of smell? to represent prayer. And I was just sitting on it for a while. And then I just can't help myself. So I was researching all kinds of things about smell. And then the next thing you know, I'm going down a million different pathways of studying. But this is crazy. Do you guys know that you're smelling? It's not about like your logical mind, your rational mind, your, and, and your um, ability to study. Your smell goes to your amygdala and your hippocampus, which is your emotions and your memory. Isn't that interesting? Your smell will go directly to memory and emotion. Memory and emotion. You drive by, you smell in and out, you're like, oh, I want some. You get an emotional response from me. Maybe not from you, but from me. If I smell fun, I haven't had it, I might cry. If I haven't had it in a while, and some people have seen me shed some tears. I just, I get flashbacks of really good memories with my friends. (laughs) Um, Smell. Smell goes to memories and emotion. You know what moves God more than your perfectly worded prayers and, and your scripted whatever? Is your heart poured out to him. Oh. You know what moves, like he gets moved in his emo- you know God has emotion? Your prayers, your prayers, when we pray, we're literally, both us too are also getting involved in the memories and the emotions of God. And he is as well. The, this relational aspect isn't so much the studying aspect. That's all there too. You know, there's candlesticks, there's light, there's bread. There's other things going on in that holy place, Okay. We want to study to show ourselves approved, etc. But prayer, prayer is more than, more than book study. Prayer, prayer is emotional connection with the living God. Isn't that wild? It's a smell. It's a smell. It's a cloud of smell. Someone's phone's up here. Isn't this wild? Do you know that, so every morning, 
in the morning and at night, they would light this so that, and they would also tend to it as well. So obviously if it went out or something's going on, they would fix it. But the two main times were the morning and the night. And then they would keep this thing burning all day long in the temple, all day, all day. And what I'm about to say is just not, it's not necessarily our culture. And when I say our culture, I'm not talking about presence. I'm talking about maybe Western America, Protestant, post, you know, see what I'm saying? So what I'm about to say is not necessarily our culture, but I'm just saying, follow with me a little bit so we can understand them a little bit. These priests would light it every morning and every afternoon, and they would keep it going. That impacted the Jews so much that the Jews would get together and they would pray. They actually would call it the, the hour of prayer. And it was tied to the lighting of the incense. Follow me? In the Bible, uh, David says, three times a day do I pray. The Jews, the Jews, the culture of the Jews actually is still the same today, but they pray three times a day. And this is, now official prayers, and this is tied to this lighting of the incense, right? In the early church, the Christians did this as well. At 9 a.m., uh, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them. They were all together praying. Yeah? That's because it was the common custom of the Jews. they get together. They were Jews. Yeah? The Christians? They would get together and they would pray. At noontime, they'd also pray. And that's when you have Peter. The Bible says at noon, he was up on the house and he went into a trance because he went into his prayer time. In the afternoon, in the ninth hour, that's three and after, that's when you have um, the two disciples going to go to prayer in Acts chapter three at the temple at the hour of prayer. And then they see the, 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 the lame man on the side of the road that gets healed. Do we know that story? So... So it was their practice. They would actually go and they would pray together in the hours of prayer, usually more in the mornings or in the, in the, in the afternoons. And then usually in the lunchtime time, that's our, there would be like a personal thing. Um, but they were getting this from scripture and the church, you just know the church actually like kept doing this. Like they had all these seasons where they would um, pray multiple times a day. You guys know in the Bible, it says pray unceasingly. The Bible says, how do you pray unceasingly? It's not about yabba-dabba doing or talking unceasingly. It's about a heart connection. It's, it's about releasing an atmosphere over your life. An atmosphere. A cloud. Your prayers release an atmosphere. It releases a cloud. And God dwells in the cloud. Okay? God wants that to be surrounding us all day long, 24-7. That doesn't mean you're talking 24-7, but creating a rhythm. You guys know there's no law of like, hey, at 12-27, at you need to pray. There's no law like that. It's not, hey, at 9-14, you have to pray. There's no law like that. That's not what it's about. But it would be really, it'd be really important for us to start grabbing hold of the practice of prayer. I'm not talking about dead religion. I'm talking about connecting to the living God. Yeah. You're the altar of incense. And much of the church isn't lighting it. Uh, the Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. 
And I hate to say it, but there's not a lot of incense burning in, in the church. And maybe I might be biased in terms of the wet and things that I'm seeing, but there's got to be. But where it starts, it's not, it's not always the prayer meetings. It's, it's the prayer meeting, the inner room, the closets. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's, it's the meeting. You guys know Jesus did this? Every morning he would go. The Bible says it was his habit. Late in the afternoon, he would go. He would depart to lonely places to pray. This was his habit. It was the, the apostles' habit. It was the church's habit. It's been the church's habit. The Anglicans do it. The Lutherans do it. The Catholics do it. The Orthodox do it. The Methodists do it. All kinds of people do it. They do it as a body as well. But it's so interesting. The Jews still do it, which I love going to Israel, and I love watching them. They're just wild, but I love it. But there's a culture a culture of prayer, a culture of prayer, but a culture of prayer doesn't start without us being a little determined and headstrong to light the incense. It's not about, I need to say the right stuff. God just wants to smell you. Do you guys get what I'm saying? He wants to smell you. He just wants to be around you. He wants to have emotional connection to you. We're so afraid of the word emotion in the church. Emotionalism. You guys ever hear that? Emotionalism? I'm not. Ta- uh, I, we don't throw emotion out. You know? God wants to smell us. He wants us to sit there, put your brain outside for a second. And just see yourself lighten the candle. See yourself lighten the incense. Say, Lord, smell my heart right now. I just, I'm just putting my heart on this altar. <laughs> if you still see yourself, number one, if you see yourself in the wood, that, 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 that's actually not made to be in his presence. The wood's got to get covered in gold. You're going to have a hard time being carried in there if you're believing you're, you're still your old self on the other side of the river. How can you believe that you get to come into the Holy of Holies and connect with the living God if you don't believe that God changed you? You know what I'm saying? Like it's all together. <laughs> he, he wants you to be carried in. Yes. You don't have to strive to come into the Holy of Holies. And I'm saying this to a lot of prophets in the room that are living this out. You don't strive to come into the Holy of Holies. You believe the Holy Ghost is carrying you into it. And you might not know what to say. You know what? It doesn't matter. Burn. Just radiate yourself. Because for him in that moment, it's not about 
tell me exactly what you're thinking so I can figure out whatever for your life and da 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 da. He's that's not what he's thinking in that moment. He just wants to smell some in and out. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? He just wants to connect with you. The bread, the bread is there too. You should eat that. That's symbolizing his word. Let my words abide in you and you abide in me. You'll bear much fruit. You should be receiving that. That's the, the show bread that's eating Christ. The light is there. That's revelation, clarity, sight. That's the candles. That's who you are too. You're a show bread altar. You're a candlestick. That's the church. But incense is not, it's, it's a place of just simply being with him. It's about atmosphere. It's about a cloud. It's about just being in a place. <laughs> Can we be with God is my question. Amen. I'm not, not theologically. Can we be with God? Can you light the fire on top of you and recognize you are an altar of incense. Come on. Can you do that? You, if you go in there all the time, all the time, bro, I've been there. You're going to get like, oh, I can't handle anymore. That ain't the place. That's not sustaining. That's not the sustaining prayer that he even pictures for us. It's a smell. It's a cloud. It's filling the room and it stays there 24-7. And he lives in it. He lives in your prayer. He literally, I can't help myself but dance sometimes. He lives, he lives. When it says he's in a cloud, that's more than just like, I've got a cloud. It it's you create the cloud too. Ah! The Bible says he dwells in the praises of men. I hope there's like light bulbs going off. Flip on the light switch. He dwells in the praises of men. How come, how come you got to pray? Why does he say you have not because you ask not? Well, you want God to do something. God dwells in the cloud. Pray. Let's go. Bring the cloud. That's not you moving God in something he doesn't want to do. It's just you connecting with the cloud that he lives in and bridging a connection. That's why prayers, if you don't ask, you don't receive. You have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock. The door will be open to you. Connect your cloud. Sounds like some, I'm not very technical savvy, but it sounds like some kind of, I should have, I should have prepped more for this. <laughs> should have had more tech jokes. Mm. I was going to say something too. Lord, help me. I had something there, Jesus. Wow, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that. What incense is striving? What incense strives? You guys ever seen an incense stick go, I gotta put the smell out. 
You guys ever see that happen? I've never seen it. I've never seen a tree go, apple, and I've never seen an incense stick go, whoa, God, into the cloud. There's no striving in prayer. You didn't even strive to get in that place. You were carried in that place through faith, but you didn't even make yourself gold. Jesus did. You didn't put the crown on your head. Jesus did. You didn't give yourself anointing the four horns. Jesus did. And you also don't strive in prayer. The final step. It's like, okay, all of that was grace. God brought me in. He changed my identity. He gave me power. He gave me authority. He gave me dominion. Whew. He made me a royal priesthood. He's given me a prophetic anointing. Wow, I'm a son of God. Oh, man, that was all grace. I didn't do any of that. But now that I'm here, I'm going to strive. <laughs> Why would everything be by grace but that? You know? Like, no wonder the church hasn't been praying, though. You know? It's crazy because we get in the place where we're like, and then we don't know what to say. Forget all of that. Yeah, spend some time studying too. Spend some time getting the word. I love that we should do that, okay? But come just to be an aroma. Ha, 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 Come on, you guys. Yeah. I know there was something else, Jesus. Man, that tech joke took me off. <laughs> Maybe God just wants us to sit on that nugget for a second then. Maybe we just got to sit on that for a second. See yourself different. And just simply burn, simply be, simply release your heart. Simply just say, here I am. Ah. I'm going to connect with you emotionally. I'm going to remember. That's memory. I'm going to remember. But as I sit with... Do you guys know that when you pray and God connects with you through smell, if it brings him into... If your grandma made the best chicken soup you ever had in your life and your friend comes and brings you some soup and you go, OMG, this smells like my grandma's thing. And next thing you know, you remember that, you remember your grandma. Your grandma's gone, but you remember grandma. You guys follow what I'm saying? Do you know that when you pray, God is, he's, he is moved. He is thinking of, in your situation, all the times before that his children have cried out in that. He's, he's remembering. Every time you just go, Lord, here I am. He's remembering when you groan. Did you know one of the prayers of the Bible is to groan? Just uh, sighs. That's, a, that's actually the Holy Spirit prays and groans too. I don't know if you ever had that. I, sometimes I sigh. Sometimes. Sometimes in prayer I sigh. Jesus did. You guys know he did that? Do you know that's an actual prayer? Because prayer is not about logic. <laughs> Prayer is about connection. Yes. You can groan if you have to groan. If your heart's groaning, groan, man. 
That's okay. Mm, you're not going to stay there. He's going to smell it. He's going to hear it. He's going to say, oh, I remember my son. I remember those people. I remember the, those times where those people came through. I'm coming through for you, kid. Don't you worry. Here I am. You might be happy. You might giggle. You might be in his presence just like, wow. Like in a, the lazy boy of heaven. Just, ah. Uh, <laughs> just rocking. You might, you might be like Jesus on the boat. The storm's happening, and your friends are freaking out all around you, but you're sleeping, and you're taking a big nap. God goes, oh, unceasing prayer. See, it's, a, it's, a, it's an atmosphere. And he goes, oh, I smell that. I hear that. Come on. Break off the chains of religiosity. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like, oh man, I got to say this and that this many times a day. Listen, I am saying you should probably pray multiple times a day, but, uh, but what I'm saying, you got to really understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus wasn't like, exactly. At 6.04 in the morning, I'm going to pray. It just said in the morning. You guys following what I'm saying? Why is it important to, to have literal times of prayer? How, how can we expect a culture and a lifestyle of an environment, a cloud of connection, if we can't even spend time lighting? Just a lighting is simply, Holy Spirit, touch me. He's the fire. The coals come from him. It's just a moment of, Lord, touch me. Here I am. Let me be with you right now. It's not, I'm going to be with you. It's, Lord, touch me. <laughs> we got to learn to have these moments. And it might seem impossible. It is out of your own strength. And it would become dead religion out of your own strength. That's why it's about being carried. That's why it's about his fire. That's why it's about surrender. That's why it's about rest. That's why it's about the word grace. That's why it's about his power. But when you live in that, you're going to realize something. You're going to live differently in life. You're not going to see yourself as the pauper. I heard a quote. I was talking to Jesse actually the other day, and we, we were talking about someone else who had said this. But basically, you can put a Oh, you could put a king in a jail cell and he'll make the jail cell a palace. You could put a pauper in a palace and he's going to make the palace into a prison. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that good? A lot of the things that we want to do in life isn't because God's stopping you from doing it. A lot of things, not all things, but a lot of things are you stop in yourself because of how you view yourself in your brain. All right. So it's really important for us to see ourselves rightly. Can I get the uh, worship team up here? Um, is it warm in here? Yes. I just noticed it right now. Is that what's stopping me early? The heat. Whew.
<laughs> I got Penny calling me hot up here. I was having to. Sorry, Glenn. She <laughs> Glenn says she calls me that all the time. All right, all right, all right. I just had to repeat it on the microphone for everybody watching online. <laughs> okay, can I pray for all y'all? Just, just put your hands on. I just want you to see yourself. See yourself like you're the altar of incense. This was such a powerful thing for the Jews that literally the Jews would get together and go pray. They call it the hour of prayer. They'd all go to the temple when the, when the, when the incense was going to be lit. They'd all go there and they'd all pray together. It impacted the Christians. They'd all do this because there was something to learn from it. This is symbolic of the people, of us, giving incense unto God and coming, just simply coming to be in the house of God, simply giving ourselves time to travel, to move, even if it's just into our closet, even if it's just to our car to lock the door, to turn the air conditioning on so no one hears us or sees us, to say, I'm going to spend time with you, God. This meant so much to them. For the whole history of the church, it meant so much to them. It has to mean so much to us. It, it has to, because it means so much to God. Don't leave God's house. You're his temple. Don't leave his house without smell. That's an empty house. Don't leave his house without smell. Come on. You're his temple. And we're going we're gonna to literally become people, houses of prayer on the inside of us. We might not always have the words. We might not always be the most eloquent. We might not know all the Bible. We might not know anything in the book of Leviticus. We might not know about shittim trees and, and whatever. It doesn't matter. You're a house of God. God lives in you. He dwells in you. He loves you. He wants to smell you. <laughs> he wants you to smell him. He wants your cloud, your cloud to touch his. He wants you guys to be one in one cloud together, hanging out in that place in that reality. Yeah, so Father, I pray that you'd release it, Jesus. I thank you, I thank you God, that prayer is a grace-filled thing. I thank you, Lord, that it's by your spirit, in spirit and truth, that we come to worship you. Lord, if we're like David, if we're like Daniel, three times a day, multiple sets, Father, if, even if we're like David, where he said, in the middle of the night, I'll wake up, and I'll, and I'll praise you. I'll talk to you. Lord, even if we're like Daniel in the Psalms where he says, seven times a day do I praise you. Father, I pray that there would be a perfect amount for each of us and whatever it looks like, Father. But I pray that there would be times, God, that we can get alone to light, to light the altar, Jesus. That we're not just Christians in name, but we smell like something. That we're not just proclaiming things, but we smell like something. Over each of us, Jesus that it changes our world, it changes the people around us, it changes this nation, it changes it, that we literally look different than other people because we smell different. Come on. Where our family members are going to see us, they're going to say, you smell different. I need that. Come on. Some people are going to smell you go, you smell like death, but you don't know what you are. I love you anyways. Some people aren't going to like the smell. <laughs> The smell of Christ doesn't come from you trying to do works for him. It comes from connection with him. Hmm. Yeah? Yes. 
Come on, I love you guys so much. Let's worship together. Just a couple songs here before we go. Can I get the prayer team up here too? I want the prayer team up here. Our, our worship time here at the end, just the last couple minutes. If you need prayer, if you want prayer, I want you to come up. Don't hold back. If you just want to worship a little bit, worship. But, but connect with them. Connect with them. See yourself lighting that flame. In Jesus' name. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. Because the sun, the rain me.